You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. You know who else is presenting us this week, all week, from Radio Row here at the Super Bowl? 1-800-Flowers.com. DraftKings official flowers for Valentine's. I am here at Radio Row in Las Vegas at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. My guy Joe is back in parts unknown in South Carolina at FG underscore Dolan. Of course, he's the master of all that he oversees over at fantasypoints.com where you can and should use the code 24FEAST to get the jump on 2024 fantasy football. Please check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. I've been posting a bunch of good food from out here in Vegas and clips with some different players and other people we've been interviewing at Ross Tucker NFL at Ross Tucker pod on pretty much any of the platforms that you're on on social media. I highly, highly recommend it. Joe, uh, you had some travels recently. You were at the Senior Bowl. Was that your first time there? That was my first time in Mobile, yes, Ross. Um, I had to um, I had to go out to the Senior Bowl. It, it was great to see. You know, John Hansen was there. Our guy Brett Whitefield was there. We were scouting players in person. I got to see Scott Barrett, a couple other guys. Um, my boy, Fran Duffy, your guy, Fran Duffy, we saw. Uh, went to dinner with him. Um, it was a great time, Ross. But uh, it, it, was, it was a strenuous week because... I, I went to the Senior Bowl on Monday, and I left between practices Wednesday. But I had to convince my mom that I was there till Friday. So I picked out a fake itinerary of how I was getting home on Friday because I actually ended up flying up uh, to Pennsylvania uh, for my mom's 70th birthday party, that w- which she did not know about. So I had a mentally stressful week. Uh, uh, I had a Ross Tucker-level travel um, so even though one of the, even though nobody's, uh, nobody's ever deemed me important enough to send me to the Super Bowl for Radio Row, um, I'm actually kind of glad I'm not there because it would have been a wild, wild week, uh, of travel, but it was great to go to the Senior Bowl. It was great to see some of these players in person. And, uh, I'm, I'm planning on making that a yearly trip. That is awesome, Joe. I, first of all, I've never been to the Senior Bowl. So really? for our listeners, no, I haven't. So I'd be curious to get your thoughts on it for our listeners and then secondly the coolest part about that is that you surprised your mom for her 70th birthday and that you flew back to pennsylvania for her birthday that is incredible man i absolutely love that story uh but tell me tell tell everybody like set the scene at the senior bowl you said you want to make it an annual event why yeah. is it is the value for you seeing the prospects in person is the value being around other members of the media is the value, you know, talking with maybe some coaches. Break down why the Senior Bowl was so good for you, Joe, and why you want it to be an annual event. Well, first and foremost, it is. It's seeing people in person, talking to people about the players they like, um, and seeing the players practice and seeing a guy kind of jump off the field. It's just different 
than watching them on TV or watching them on tape. So I had a lot of um, I had a lot of fun just like hobnobbing with people, um, and and also it's just kind of like. I don't know. It's kind of like a celebration. The fact that we um, that the season's over and now we're kicking off the draft season, um, recording media in person. There's still so, some value. You know, I've been working with Brett Whitefield at Fantasy Points. Obviously, we've had him on the podcast. I've been working with him for three years and I never met him in person. Like that's just kind of the world we're in right now. So, like getting getting on the ground and seeing those people is really important and I loved seeing the players up close and and getting a view of some of these these draft prospects and I know that just from from experience that people who go to the senior bowl like guys who stand out at the senior bowl end up going higher in the draft it happens and it's going to happen this year and there's a couple of players that we'll get to um probably as we start talking draft prospects but the funniest part about going um Ross we had unbelievable weather in mobile it was 65 not a cloud in the sky, not not a single cloud. And walking in downtown Mobile on Friday, on a Monday night when everybody's going to dinner and everybody's going to the bars, you know, you can walk through town and say, that guy was at practice, that guy was at practice, that guy was at practice, because the people who were at practice had half of their face sunburned. They looked like uh, Aaron Eckhart in, in The Dark Knight. Um, my, yourself include myself included, by the way, I did not come prepared for that. Um, because you're sitting on, you're sitting on the, uh, the metal bleachers, uh, at the university of South Alabama, which is where the senior bowl is. And the sun was so bright. Uh, uh, if you make your trip to the senior bowl, I know the weather can be fickle there, but make sure you pack some sunscreen if sun is in the forecast, because you will get sunburned. That's really funny, Joe, for a couple of different reasons. Number one, I've been here in Vegas since Sunday. It is now Wednesday morning, and it's been raining the entire time. In the desert, Joe, in, in Las Vegas? Vegas, it never rains out here, and yet it's been raining out here the entire time, which is just wild if you think about it. That's number one. And then uh, number two... Uh, you're right. Uh, the, the weather has not been great, but it's good to be able to be on with you. I would love to go to the Senior Bowl. And you're so right about meeting people in person, man. That's like the yeah. value here. So many people here that I talk to on the radio all the time, to be able to actually see them in person is just so great as opposed to, you know, so often it's just virtual, whether it's a Zoom or uh, a radio hit or whatever. So that's awesome. I love it. Of course, want to make sure everybody knows that this show, like all of the shows as part of the Ross Tucker Podcast Network, they're all year round. So like Joe and I, very quickly after the season, uh, after the Super Bowl, we will dive into some of our big takeaways from a fantasy perspective from the 2023 NFL season. And then we'll also dive into the prospects. It's one of the things I think that we do, Joe, that I love. We'll talk best ball, and we'll talk about these prospects because we always feel like there's a lot of value in talking about the prospects before we know which team drafts them so that we know what we think of them as players. Because once a team drafts them, so much of the conversation, Joe, is really more about, well, their fit and the new offense and the scheme and all that stuff, and you kind of lose sight a little bit of what they're like as players. Yeah, and um, that that it, it it 
certainly has some value for me, and and I'll never consider myself like a great draft evaluator. I am not Fran Duffy. I'm not Brett Whitefield. You know, I'm not Dane Brugler. Some of the guys that you've had on this kind of Emery, of course, um, who I saw, I saw, but didn't get to say hi. Uh, down at down in Mobile, but it, there is value in, in coming up with my guys and seeing where I think this guy will fit. And um, I don't know if Emery's talked about it on the show, um, Ross, but there is a running back. We'll get to him from the University of New Hampshire who really stood out to me. His name is Dylan Lobby, um, and he had the fastest running back time on day one of practice. And then by day two, he was doing receiver drills against cornerbacks. I think he's got an opportunity to go higher than people expect for a university of New Hampshire running back. He's one of the very, he's one of the guys who stood out to me at the senior bowl on first glance. And, and I'm excited to see where some of these guys end up getting drafted. That is awesome. All right, let's dive into the super bowl a little bit here, Joe. And obviously we only have one game left. From a fantasy perspective, refresh my memory, what, if anything, is available at a place like DraftKings or anywhere? Are are there fantasy games you can play, or is it all just doing the Super Bowl prop bets? Well, they're showdown slates, and uh, showdown slates for us on DraftKings is a one-game slate. They have them throughout the regular season. They're most popular for island games, which the Super Bowl obviously is, Uh, your Thursday night, your Sunday night, your Monday night games. Uh, And what they are is a single-game DFS slate where you have a captain spot and a bunch of flex spots. Now, the captain spot, you get 1.5 times the the, – the fantasy points for your captain at 1.5 times their salary. Um, So what you want to do is maximize that captain slot while also saving yourself enough salary to build in decent enough flex options. So there's a lot of strategy to a captain spot, and that's what's available to you um, at, at uh, on DraftKings this week and, and, and other DFS sites as well. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey is a great example of somebody who is a great uh, uh, captain because he's so involved in the offense. The problem with, with, with showdown slates is the ability to double a lineup, meaning, oh, I entered this lineup and I spent every dollar that I have available. Rest assured, if you spend every dollar in a showdown slate, not a hundred guys out there in that same contest are going to have the same lineup as you. So there's a lot of strategy of leaving money on the table. You've got to leave a lot of money on the table to come up with a unique lineup. You have to try to lean into a certain way the game goes. You can't really straddle the line. Um, when I'm doing playoff fantasy football and, and short field, or excuse me, um, like kind of like um, a, sh- a short roster fantasy football where a huge pool isn't available to you, my whole philosophy is you want to finish first or last. You know, you want to have a lineup that like, if you finish in the middle of the pack, you're like, I don't care if I finish, let's say, 800 out of 3,000 entries because I'm not going to cash anyway. I would rather finish 3,000 given me a lineup that's unique enough where I could finish in the top 50 if need be. So you have to think about when you're building your lineup. Okay, let's say, ooh, if Travis Kelsey ends up scoring two touchdowns, 
What kind of game flow is that going to give me? So I want to put Travis Kelsey in my captain spot, and then I want Patrick Mahomes in one of my flex spots. But if Travis Kelsey scoring two touchdowns, it means Kansas City's likely scoring. So maybe we get Brock Purdy in there, little Debo Samuel, and also the kickers and defenses are important because uh, which which DraftKings doesn't have, by the way, on their on their main slates. Kickers and defenses can go into the flex as well. It's a whole different game than just your standard DFS, but that's what's available to you on DraftKings. You know what else is available on DraftKings? Me talking about DiGiorno. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game-time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese sauce and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. And while you're eating your DiGiorno during the big game, Drink some Labatt Blue Lights. I had a couple of Labatt Blue Lights with the Westwood One folks, as well as my buddy Kyle Brandt last night, living life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Okay, for this game in particular, Joe, you did a pretty good job of laying out what the options are at a place like DraftKings. Are there certain guys you really like? If you're going for a unique lineup, who are the guys that you are going to try to maybe target and have in there that you think might give you a chance to cash? So you have to look at maybe some players who are falling between the cracks. And again, when you're talking about getting unique in a lineup like this, it's going to be very hard to – It's you're, you're not talking about guys who are slam dunks, right? But the Chiefs are saying Jarek McKinnon's got a shot to play in the Super Bowl. Um uh, he remains uh, clearly a long shot to re- be a factor in this game, but it looks like he might actually be able to play at some point. And th- that's what makes this interesting. Because the 49ers in the postseason have been absolutely hammered on the ground. They've given up 159 rushing yards per game in the postseason and nearly six yards per carry, um, which obviously makes this a great spot for Isaiah Pacheco if those things continue. And David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs ran all over them uh, in the in the NFC Championship game. Um, here is the thing that became interesting for the Chiefs as as they were really just kind of struggling to come up with a rotation at wide receiver throughout the season. They really narrowed their um, receiver rotation behind Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice in the AFC title game. Marquez Valdez-Scantling had an 83% snap share. Noah Gray was at 58%. Justin Watson was at 44%. And Richie James at 21%. But here's the thing. None of those guys um, ended up doing much of anything except for MVS's 32-yard catch to kind of seal that game. But if you're looking at long shot Chiefs to make an impact, Justin Watson ran a route, uh, excuse me, played about 50% of the snaps. Richie James played about a quarter of them. And then, of course, you know, Marquez Valdez Scantling could always pop up for a long one, just as likely as he is to drop a long pass. Um, Kadarius Tony could play. Yay. I, I mean, I don't know how you feel about that. Um, the 49ers gave up a lot of receptions to receivers aligned out wide, but um, actually held them in check in terms of yardage, just the 14th most receiving yards per game to receivers out wide. Um, but, of course, they also 
should have given up more catches to receivers running out wide because Josh Reynolds dropped a couple of critical passes in the NFC Championship game. So if you're looking for some Chiefs, some lower percentage Chiefs to make an impact, Justin Watson is certainly somebody who you could look to, and Jarek McKinnon is somebody you could look to. And of course, maybe even if Jarek McKinnon plays, they still default to giving Clyde Edwards a lair the snaps behind Isaiah Pacheco. I feel like I kind of like, Joe, the idea of MVS, you know, maybe hitting a, a couple of long ones. You never know, you know? I mean, if, if you're really trying to make it unique, right? Yeah, I, I mean, that's what you have to do. And if MVS catches a 75-yard touchdown, um, I, I think that then, then he becomes part of the ideal lineup in a DFS show. Right. Somebody, the, the winner is going to have that him in their lineup. If he catches like a long yeah, touchdown. Yeah, or, or like Justin that. Watson if he does the same thing, right? Or if Noah Gray is the guy who, you know, may run a little play action pass at the goal. You know, the Chiefs do some amazing stuff at the goal line. So if if the Chiefs do one of those like little pop passes at the goal line, the little shovel pass, and Travis Kelsey draws all the attention away from the defense, and Noah Gray is the one who pops into the backfield. Excuse me, I just hit my microphone. <laughs> Noah Gray is the one who pops in. <laughs> who pops into the backfield to take the shovel pass from, from Patrick Mahomes. Those are the type of plays that you need to separate yourself in, in a showdown contest. Joe, I love that when you were saying the word pop, you popped the microphone uh, for effect there. All right, what about when the Niners have oh, the ball? You know, Joe? Ross, I am a, I am an, you know, it's, uh, look, uh, maybe I should be a maybe I should be a, a hip hop beat sampler at some point, getting those little subtle touches in there underneath the lyrics. Uh, that is amazing. What about when the Niners have the ball? So um, I, I know we're kind of jumping all over the place here. And I have to admit, normally um, I don't love giving out prop bets, Ross, on this show because I do not live in a state where DraftKings Sportsbook is available. Um, South Carolina, hey, DraftKings, get your lobbyists down here. Uh, I, I would love to start making some, some bets. But there is a, there's a prop out there on ESPN bet. It's the only one that has it up so far. It might be up on other sports books, including DraftKings as the game comes closer. So on 70 pass attempts in the postseason, Brock Purdy's thrown one interception. But at fantasypoints.com and our um and our fantasy points data suite, we have Brock Purdy as having a 0.71, excuse me, 7.1 turnover-worthy throw rate during the postseason. That's the highest of any quarterback during the postseason. So he's thrown one interception on 70 pass attempts. If all of his turnover-worthy throws were intercepted, which never happens, but let's just do that for argument's sake. If all of his turnover-worthy throws were intercepted, we would have had him as being charted with five interceptions. So he, so of the, that luck that Brock Purdy is getting, it yes, it has extended to the postseason. Um, I saw Greg Cosell on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Brock Purdy has not played particularly well this postseason. He certainly made some plays, okay? I'm not denying that, and I never want to be there, – there are definitely bigger Brock Purdy haters out there than I am. So I'm not trying to just lean into that, that whole narrative. But I'm trying to come up with like kind of a longer shot prop bet here that I like. And we have Brock Purdy is throwing uh, basically 20% of the interceptions that he's probably deserved to throw this postseason. ESPN Bet has a prop. Brock Purdy plus 450 to throw over one and a half interceptions. 
And if you're really feeling frisky, he's plus 1,600 to throw over two and a half interceptions. Kansas City are giving up the fourth fewest passing yards per game and the second fewest yards per attempt over the entire season. See Spagnolo's defense sacked Lamar Jackson four times, limited the Ravens to 10 points, and obviously forced him into that dumb throw into triple coverage as he was frustrated at the end of that game. Brock Purdy's failed to throw multiple touchdowns in three of his last four games. Um, his rushing production has kind of buoyed him, but I would not be stunned if he throws multiple interceptions in this game against Steve Spagnolo with two uh, weeks to prepare. That is one of my favorite long shot prop bets for the Super Bowl. Um, ESPN bet has it. I would not be shocked if it's up on other, other sports books as the week goes on. Wow. I like that one, Joe. Um, I said uh last week i believe no i said it last week on this show but it's for the super bowl i like brock purdy to throw over half an interception you know i had it as part of a parlay for christian mccaffrey's over on the receiving yards you know tell me what you think of that one joe christian mccaffrey on DraftKings sportsbook 33 mm -hmm. and a half receiving yards but his reception total is four and a half so they're saying four or five catches he only has to get to 34 yards, and I know a couple of them might just be like five or six, but you really only need one to be like a 15-yarder or him to break it, and I kind of feel like against these Chiefs corners, if you're being smart and you're the Niners, you got to throw the ball to your running backs and, and Kittle and yeah. work the linebackers. I feel like McCaffrey, I love over 33 and a half receiving yards. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not I'm not a, somebody who's in the business of taking unders on Christian McCaffrey, right? Especially in a game like this. You said the Chiefs corners, Legarius Sneed. Um, Legarius Sneed and Debo Samuel, look, these are two hot-headed teams. I wouldn't be surprised if Legarius Sneed is getting uh, – um, trying to get in the heads of some of the 49ers players early in this one. But then it, if that's the case, you just check the ball down to Christian McCaffrey. And not. And here's the other advantage with Christian McCaffrey. It's not just checkdowns. They run them on wheel routes. They can split them out wide, get some man coverage against a linebacker or a safety, run a little angle route, run a wheel route, and he, and he hits that over in one reception. Um, the Chiefs gave up 4.6 yards per carry this year, which doesn't obviously play into that bet. Um, but Christian McCaffrey uh, has registered 91-plus scrimmage yards in 12 straight games. Um, it's hard to really get a feel for Kansas City's run defense in the playoffs because Baltimore carried the ball just five times with their running backs last year. But Christian McCaffrey over the receiving yards is a phenomenal bet because I think that is where Brock Purdy will default to throwing the ball if Steve Spagnuolo's defense has him, um, has him confused, much like he had Lamar Jackson last week. I also like the Brock Purdy over 11 and a half in terms of rushing yards. We saw what he did against Detroit. He's not playing his best. They're going to be under pressure. I mean, 11 and a half yards, all he has to do is have one run of 12 yards and he hits the over on DraftKings for Purdy's over rushing yards. Now, keep in mind, before he topped that in the two playoff games, he had six carries for 14 yards against Green Bay, and he had five for 48 against Detroit last week. He hadn't gone over 11 rushing yards in six consecutive games. But again, like you said, a, 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 
a quarterback who can move like Purdy, again, nobody's mistaking him for Lamar Jackson or even Patrick Mahomes, uh, whom their legs are a significant part of what they do. But a quarterback like that who might not be seeing things well might be understanding, oh, God, if maybe this pass didn't go off the face mask at Kendall Vildor, we lose that game, blah, blah, blah. He takes off and realizes at the end of that game, rather than try to force a throw uh, against Detroit, he was picking up first downs with his legs. Steve Spagnuolo sends a blitz. The offensive line picks it up. Brock Purdy might just decide, you know what? There's a lot of room on the second level. Take off and run. And I think that is a solid bet here for Brock Purdy with the way that he's playing right now. Um, anything else? we got a minute left, Joe. Anything else that we missed? Yeah. I should have asked you. Obviously, we'll get to some of the new offensive coordinator hires next week and the week after that because there's a lot of things I want to pick your brain on there. But anything else Super Bowl-related that our, our great listeners or people that check us out, youtube.com slash NFL should know. So the Kansas City deploys an NFL high, too high safety coverage of 70% over the entire season per fantasy points data. And Debo Samuel is the best receiver on the 49ers in yards per route run and target share on 167 routes against too high. But the Chiefs are also really good in the slot and out wide with LeJarrius Sneed and Trent McDuffie. So it's going to be a really interesting. The, the coverage suggests Debo's going to have a good game, but the personnel against him is some of the best in the NFL. And I think that's where this game is going to be won or lost for the 49ers whether or not they can get the ball to Debo Samuel effectively. His name is Joe Dolan. He is the man. Please check him out like I do on social media at FG underscore Dolan. I am at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker pod. And you know how I feel. If you go to myfrontpagestory.com, make sure you email me Ross at Ross Tucker.com. If you do that for the best Valentine's Day gift ever. Other than that, I am totally stuffed, literally and figuratively, being out here in Vegas. We're done. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform.